Good morning, and welcome to this week's episode of Trending. It is April 10th, and I hope you are all having a good morning. Thank you for being with us. We know the times we are in now are very different for all of us. We are staying home more than we ever have. We want to continue to bring you episodes of Trending, especially new ones, as much as possible. And we're taking every precaution here at the studio to practice effective social distancing. And I'm thankful to have my guest in studio with me today. She is sitting across the room from me, but I'm delighted to have her here. She's been a guest before, but I wanted to inform our listeners of how COVID-19 is affecting certain functions in county government. Here to discuss what is going on in the Circuit Court Clerk's Office in Putnam County is Circuit Court Clerk Jennifer Wilkerson. Good morning, Jennifer. Good morning. Thank you for being here. I know that the options uh, was to not come at all, but I, I appreciate you showing up. And um, I love doing this show because I, I love talking to people like you. I love informing our listeners about what's going on with so many things in the region. Uh, I've had to focus a little bit on Putnam County, or not had to, but wanted to the last few weeks because of everything that's going on. And plus, bringing in people from outside of the county is probably not, uh, it's probably frowned upon right now with everything going on. But I wanted to have you here because um, there's so many things that go on in the circuit court clerk's office, and we want to talk about those and, and what's kind of suspended and, and Supreme Court rulings. But first, before I get into it, how's your family? Well, my family's doing really well. We, um, you know, we were very fortunate. Uh, we weren't personally impacted um, with our physical property with the tornadoes. We're all very healthy, uh, so we, we're doing really well. Okay, that's good. I mean, this pen, this pandemic and the t- tornado has completely changed uh, our lives in Putnam County. the The pandemic itself has changed everyone's lives in the country. It's it's I, it's a it's amazing to me to see how much it has changed. Uh, it's definitely changed how county government is functioning, yeah, and how everything operates within those offices in county government. Of course, you know I've been doing county government for fifteen years now. Uh, I've had tons of questions. We uh, personally, my my agency, the County Technical Assistance Service, has been sent to work from home. And four days a week, I'm out in the counties with my officials in 13 counties, or I'm out doing training throughout the state. And it's just been a, a change for me, you know. Yeah. So I'm adjusting. Uh, my wife is adjusting. She's not killed me yet for being at home and having a bunch of phone calls and conference calls and zoom meetings i'm an expert in zoom now i don't know how much y'all have used it at work but i actually you and i talked about it a few weeks ago and kind of introduced you to maybe that was an option for you but things have changed um and for this for your side and for your office things really took a turn a few weeks ago actually a couple weeks ago with a supreme court ruling Mm -hmm. what did that ruling say So the Tennessee Supreme Court came in and said, you know, just due to the COVID-19 and some of the things that were taking place, that they wanted to suspend, temporarily suspend, in-person court proceedings or hearings. Um, And so, as you know, we manage nine different courts. That's a lot that goes on inside the Justice Center. So we had to take a step back and say, um, you know, how are we going to do business? And what that Supreme Court said is not just suspending those in-person proceedings, but it's suspending things that are not considered emergent things that may not be immediate or constitutional issues or things that didn't necessarily deal with public safety. So they're still hearing some things. They're still open. We're still going. It's just some things um, have stopped or they may have changed. And so, can, can you give me an example of what is emergent? So DCS may have to take custody of a child. There may be some sort of issue. That's a that's an issue, a safety issue for that child. Okay. That could be an issue. There could be some sort of um 
proceeding or hearing that had to take place if there was an officer who had to make an arrest. That would be, then be an issue for public safety or something of that nature. So Orders of protection. The- Orders of protections are still going. Um, matter of fact, we still are getting quite a few of those. Really? Yeah. But overall, the court system has slowed down extremely with as far as how many court sessions are going. Well, it has. So civil has slowed down as far as the number of in-person proceedings, right? They're not having a lot of hearings or things of that nature in the civil aspect. Criminal side is still going. You're still seeing a lot of those things. Certainly a lot of cases are being continued or being rescheduled, pushed back. But judges are really doing everything they can to try to keep things moving forward as long as we can still um, stay inside of what that Tennessee Supreme Court ruling is. Other so and and before I move on to the next point, you being a circuit court clerk, part of your a lot a lot of your responsibility, constitutional responsibility, is making sure courts are scheduled with right. a judge. You're, right. you're you're communicating with judges all the time, mm-hmm. scheduling courts, uh, getting people notices that they have to be in court, whatever. I mean, that's a lot of that falls on you, and that's reduced a lot. Well, it has, but it hasn't. So. The circuit court clerk's office, as you were mentioning, is we are sort of um, by statute responsible to help facilitate those dockets and managing the court files. So we work closely with the judge, with the attorneys, you know, the prosecutor's office, the de- public defendant or public defender's office, and then of course other private attorneys to try to manage those dockets and to get that information out. So while we may not be having a lot of in-person hearings. Um, Some of those are taking place through video arraignment or telephonic interviews, things of that nature. Um, We still, the circuit court clerk's office still has to go in and help facilitate a new day. So we may be rescheduling. We're swamped. We are absolutely overwhelmed with phone calls that are coming in. Folks trying to reschedule their court dates or figure out what the next steps are. Um, So we're we're really trying to just hang on. Have y'all, with you and the judges, have y'all kind of I know y'all talked. I mean, obviously you talked, but mm-hmm. have y'all talked about maybe scheduling stuff now, or y'all just kind of wait, waiting and see the, what happens? So again, the Supreme Court has allowed us to continue to have things where it's a constitutional issue, or there's some sort of safety issue. Something you know, if defendants are in custody, that would then possibly be a constitutional issue that they have a right to have some sort of hearing. And if they're in custody, they're currently locked up, they're looking for a bond reduction or they're looking for some sort of hearing that may take place in front of a judge, the judges are still having those. So the court clerks, the deputy clerks are still in court. Court's still open. We're still functioning. Uh, We just may be functioning a little different in some aspects. Again, civil cases like divorces or orders of protection or things of that nature, orders of protections are still going. Um, Some motions are hearing. Some attorneys are opting for video conferencing. Um, The judges have taken a lot of strides. We've met very frequently uh, as a team talking about how do we move forward? Because what happens is you have our calendars are made out for about a year. And so if we just put everything off and suspended, um, we would really be overwhelmed when things start back up. So we're trying to take care of and move forward with everything that we can. So video conferencing and telephonic interviews are really helping. So that's helping. out. That's good. So you're not going to be too far behind, hopefully. We hope not. Well, y'all do a great job. Your office, the judges uh, are, are doing as the best we can. I think all county officials are. As far as your office and inside of and how it operates, there's other than the court scheduling, y'all do so much other stuff. And, and other than putting you putting employees in the court system or the courtroom as a as a clerk, there's other things you're doing. 
How has this changed the way your office operates inside? Well, as you know, we we are probably one of the larger offices. We have 27 employees, and so just daily operations have become difficult. We take and process a lot of payments, a lot of money, a lot of mail that comes into the office, and so we've had to change, step back, take a look at our procedures. How are we doing things? How do I, as a supervisor, keep my staff safe as well as the public? Um, So we've really had to evaluate a lot of things. for me, having 27 employees, we uh, had to break up into shifts and start working shifts uh, of folks. So you have a group A that comes in and they'll work so many days and group B will work so many days. A lot. They're just that means in the office. Um, everybody's still working. We're still going, but they're working remotely as they can. I was going to say, and that's I don't th- there's a maybe a misconception out there that. You you know I don't know how many you have on and off, but you have Group A, Group B, Group C, whatever. Group A is working, Group B is at home. That doesn't mean they're not available to work. That's and, right. and some people are thinking, well, these employees just were sent home and getting paid to do nothing. Mm-hmm. And most counties that I work with, not all of them, have basically said, all right, we're working half of our staff today, another half will come in tomorrow, maybe a, a week, another half will come in next week. But everybody at home is available for phone calls, is available right. to do what they can on the computer. So in essence, they're still working, and that's kind of where you're at. They right are. Now. We're doing. We're really encouraging folks to use email. Um, that email works great. Those folks who are working remotely can answer those emails. They have the ability. They can still look into the system. They can still check on cases. They can still do those things. We're still able to file and process most types of paperwork. There are some things that the Supreme Court has kind of uh, told us that you know we we need to to halt. Um, so for the most part, we are still functioning. We are still going. We are still operating. We, um, if, if people have questions, we just encourage them to communicate the best they can through email. And of course, phone calls um, will work as well. And that, yeah, I mean, they can access your office computer, uh, phone calls, emails. So it's, you're not shut down. There's no office in Putnam County that I know of that's completely shut down. There's, there's ways to access uh, services. So have you seen, and of course you have half the staff, but still you're having people in court taking phone calls. Um, the fines and fees collections is a big part of what you do. And actually we're going to get into detail in the next segment because I'm wrapping this one up, but fines and fees collections is a big part of what you do. You do passports, you do all those things. When we come back, I want to talk about what services have been suspended temporarily. I mean, none of them have been suspended for good. Right. That's not what we do in county government. We continue to operate, but they've been suspended temporarily and fines and fee collections are, are, are decreasing because there's not public just complete public access like there normally is so we'll address that when we come back in the second segment uh this is trending my guest is jennifer wilkerson and we'll return in just a moment welcome back to trending this has been rogers i am joined by jennifer wilkerson in studio she is the putnam county circuit court clerk and we are practicing social distancing but i'm delighted to have her here it's a lot easier one to one-on-one face-to-face to do these interviews we're going to do some phone ones i think over the next few weeks uh, just because of people that may not feel comfortable coming in. But thank you for being here. Again, we're, we're talking about your office, Circuit Court Clerk's office, the operations of it. Um, There's so many services you provide in your office. What services have been suspended temporarily until we know further how this pandemic is going to go, how long it's going to be around? So pra- passports are a large um part of what we do. Uh, A lot of the surrounding counties have stopped doing passports. In Putnam County, we decided that we wanted to continue to do that because it's a service to the public. But currently, with all the issues that are going on, I think there's um, a ban on travel. 
the federal government has said they're not going to approve passports or process those unless it's a life or death situation. So we're currently not uh, processing those passports. That's something that um, affects a lot of people. We're still getting quite a few phone calls about that. Uh, Anything else that you've kind of had to suspend or slow down on that you provide? Yeah, you know, so a question that we get often and uh, are from people asking about issuing garnishments. And a garnishment would be something like if you're garnishing someone's wages Mm -hmm. um, after they've been awarded a judgment, right? So a judgment says this is the amount of money that's owed to you or some sort of, you know, um, people will then want to garnish wages or take out money. And so we've stopped the garnishment of the wages right now. If it's not something that's currently taking place, it wasn't already active, then we're not processing any new garnishments at this time. Um, We've also stopped bank levies. And so what that means is that bank levy, again, would be um, putting a halt on some funds or seizing some sort of funds. If it's not something that's already been filed or already taken place, then we've stopped those at this time. Uh, We're... We've stopped detainer warrants and civil warrants, and basically what that is, a detainer warrant or a civil warrant would be oftentimes in situations where landlords who own rental property has said, you know, this tenant hasn't paid in X number of months or there's a lot of money due. They want to be able to remove that tenant from the property Um and so in order to do that, they would file some sort of civil process in order to, to evict that, that tenant. And we're not, they can file those, um, but it isn't going to be given a court date. The Supreme Court ruling has halted that in some way or suspended it temporarily. So they won't be given a court date until the Supreme Court lets us go back in. Okay. Um, also, you know, again, a writ of possession. And that's a, that's something that not a lot of people really understand. Uh, a writ of possession is just where you're taking possession of someone's property. Uh, again, and we'll use a situation where a landlord has gotten the judgment and they've already, this per- tenant has already been evicted from the house. Uh, they could come in and if they haven't moved from the property, they haven't left as the court has ordered, then they can file something called a writ of possession. That writ of possession would then, um, you know, there's some legal legalities to it and all these different um, circumstances, but it essentially the sheriff's department could go out and say, okay, at this point, the court has ordered that you have, are evicted from the property. And so they could, the courts then physically removing that person from the property. So the owner could take that possession of that property back. But we've stopped that filing of the writ of possession right now due to the Supreme Court ruling. Okay. That's good information to know. You And you deal with delinquent property tax sales sometimes. I don't, but my counterpart, uh, Miss Linda Rear, uh, well, yes. handle, in Chancery Court, handles the delinquent tax sales. Has that sales. been postponed, do you know? Well, Has I think been? they're... they're so they do those delinquent tax sales, it's my understanding, about once a year. And so, Miss Reader, they will collect all those uh, old accounts with old taxes, things of like that, and then she will set that out. I know that we're in my court. I do probate estate sales. Right. So there could be reasons why we would do, the court would force a sale. Ours have suspended. Okay. I would assume that Miss Reader's probably has been suspended and as well. And that's the question I meant to ask you about the probate properties, too. So, so right now, you've been suspended. You're not going to be out. Uh, getting property ready to sell because you're trying to not to gather 10 or more people. Right. And we don't want right. our circuit court clerk being accused of gathering 10 or more people <laughs> in an area trying to sell a house or property. So that's been suspended as well. A big part, and this is this is me coming from a commissioner and a, uh, a county government consultant in my experience with budgeting, a lot of, of our citizens may not 
be aware or think about how much revenue your office brings in uh, and and Linda's as well as clerk and master. So the court system brings in revenue to the county because of all the things y'all do. And there's so many fines and fees. We're not we can't even get all of them. But that's a big part of what you do. You have right. you usually have four people. I believe, if I remember right up front, helping customers, and a lot of times those customers are there to pay a right. fine or a fee. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that has pretty much slow it slowed down a lot. I think the the front the front doors are open. The front doors to the justice center are open. Yes, they can come in. They're going to be met there with some gentle gentlemen at the metal detector who are going to kind of um, help funnel people of you know how, how do they need assistance or what is it that how can we help them? Are they are you allowing people to come in and pay at this point? So we have set up a drop box out front there in the lobby that they don't have to come into the office to pay and of course they can also pay online that was one of the things that i really worked hard is um revamping that online payment system so they can now pay with a debit card or credit card thing uh, and pay online all through the circuit court clerk's website Um, you can also they can mail in payments to the office and a lot of folks choose that option as well um so there, we've, we've really tried hard to provide either the Dropbox, the online payments, or mailing those payments in. So the I've gotten several phone calls from not only county mayors but other clerks of court that have said, hey, um, our our collections on fines and fees are, are slowing down. And, and the re- one of the reasons is maybe all counties don't have access like you do right. to pay online, but some of them is <clears throat> the individual that owe the fine or fee may just sit back and say, you know what? The office is closed. I don't have to pay. I'm not going right. to pay right now. And so throughout the upper Cumberland and actually throughout the state, some counties have completely shut down their, their county government operations. Other mm-hmm. than like, of course, the sheriff's office, EMS, fire, and then solid waste. They've most of them have kept those open. But some courthouses are shut down. Like, you're working. Your office is working. There are some offices that are not working. So people find that as a reason not to pay their fines or fees. I have heard that. Yeah. 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 But I imagine you're going to run into some people like that, too, in the Mm -hmm. county. So have you seen a decrease in collections on fines and fees? I have seen a decrease in collections. And I think that comes from probably a very, you know, various reasons. So you have some folks who have been impacted financially by the crisis that's going on. Um, You have people who've maybe lost their jobs or their income has been decreased or maybe one member of their family is has um, financially been impacted. So I think that could be a reason that you're seeing some of the decrease that we have. There is also this misconception. Some folks are uh, confused about what's happening, the processes. How do I do this? I normally come into your office. I see that person. I give them this uh, check or money order. And so they're a little confused as to how they're going to, how do I do this now? Um, we're fielding a lot of phone calls trying to get the information out. We've updated our website. We're pushing that information out on the uh, social media websites as well. Um, and so I think there's a, uh, some fear about what's going to come in the future. Um, then, of course, there's that financial impact that's had there. And then, of course, just the confusion of what do I do? And this is not my normal everyday. Well, and what I was, that leads into what I was going to say about the financial impact is I'm getting calls about budgets. You know, it's budget mm-hmm. season. Right now is normally my my busiest time of year in the calendar years, April, May, and June, because budgets are being prepared. Budget committees are meeting through in counties. They're looking at revenue projections. What services are they providing? Part of the revenue is a big part of it in counties is the fines and fees that, that your office collects. And so if those are down, you know, we already know sales tax is going to take a hit. 
Um, property tax may take a hit next year, even though that deadline is it was over February 29th this year. It may take a hit next year because right. we absolutely have no idea how long this is going to affect our county, our country, our state. And I'm not a health expert. I am a county financial expert, but I'm not a health expert. So I have no idea. But this is what I do know. My my counterparts are constantly talking about how do we help our counties budget starting now and mm-hmm. budget the next three months, these three months, April, May, June, and then start for the next 12 months in the fiscal year because the fiscal year in county government is July 1 to June 30th. How do we start doing that? So we're talking about cash flow analysis. Right. You know, and, the, and cash flow is part of these fines and fees. I don't know how much people realize fines and fees are a big part. Like the money you bring in not only pays for your operation of your office, which includes employees and, and, and whatever you use, but it also supplements other parts of the county yes. budget. And people right. don't know that. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to make sure people do know you carry your own weight plus help somebody else out. Right. Uh, because there's millions of fines and fees that are paid in Putnam County. So what it is is, you know, we're trying to help these counties look at um, what revenue is going to be lower. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it, the local revenue is going to be, you might as well start projecting it to be lower because people may not have the ability to pay their property tax next year right. because of this. Well, you know, Putnam County's sort of been hit with a double whammy. Mm-hmm. We we had the tornado, which caused a lot of um, widespread damage. Sure. Uh, businesses suffered. The, the economy suffered in that way. Yep. You're going to lose some property taxes from, from all the damage that was done to homes. Yep. Uh, and then when you turn around and you look at all the businesses and the people who've been laid off from work and the financial impact that the COVID-19 is going to have, Putnam County, along with all the other counties in, um, across the state of Tennessee, are really going to be impacted very hard. And uh, not just from our office, from the fines and fees, but from every every avenue. So I sure. think it's going to be important for us to to really look ahead and plan on what we're going to do. And I'm glad you say that, too, because I'm on the budget committee again this year in Putnam County, and we have not met yet. But when we come back this next segment, I'll talk about maybe a little bit of that process and what we're or what you know Randy Porter and I are looking at going forward. So you're listening to Trending. Uh, I'll be back with our guest, Jennifer Wilkerson, the Putnam County Circuit Court Clerk, in just a minute. Welcome back to Trending. This is Ben Rogers, your host. Jennifer Wilkerson is my guest, and we have been discussing how COVID-19 has has altered not only the way everything we live everything in our lives have changed but the way we live but county government in particular and specifically her office the circuit court clerk in putnam county uh when we left we're talking about revenue fines and fees and of course i had mentioned i'm I'm on budget committee this year this will be my fifth i think fifth budget committee in six years that i've been on and i've been chair for we have not appointed offices officers yet but um one of the things i'm i'm familiar with is budgets mm-hmm. and producing budgets and, and laying them out. And so fines and fees from not only your office, but uh, clerk and master and those fees that the registered deeds office collects and all those things the county clerk does, those are fees that help supplement our services in county government. It's not all dependent on property taxes or sales tax right. or local right. option taxes or whatever. It's it's supplemented by those fees. Those are decreasing because of everything that's happened. Um People we've talked, people still have access to your office and mainly by appointment only. And, and your your office door is locked, but th- if they can get in through appointment or whatever, they can pay their, their fines and fees online. And that's a website, the website through your, it's a link through your website, correct? It is. Or they, you know, of course, there is a, a website they can go to. It's just courtfeepay.com. Okay. Uh, they have to have their case number or things like that. But we've also on the circuit court clerk 
circuit court clerk's website we've set up where they can look up their case number right there from our website and then also pay straight from the circuit court clerk's website as well. Okay, that's good information. So there are options to pay. They can, of course, you can mail in the check to the office, and uh, but there's ways to do that. There, there are people working in your office, so they can call in. I know you get a hundred phone calls a day, but part of the budget coming up for fiscal year 2021 is something we got to look at. This budget committee. We'll look at the revenues, and these are times we've – I was thinking the other day, these are times really we haven't seen. And I'm, I'll am i turn 40 in June, probably be quarantined. I hope not. <laughs> um, but I turned 40 in June, and I, you know, I started at CTAS in 2005, and the recession hit around 08, 09. It was a bad time. Right. But we could predict long-term better than what we can now because mm-hmm. we knew what the recession would do. We also – where it was able to allow all the functions to continue in county government to operate, no shutting doors down. You know, there may have been cuts in budgets, but as far as operation goes, hours are normal. We wasn't facing the pandemic. We we're just facing a recession. So we've been through something like that, but this is, to me, is different. It's different to to figure out how much uh, to cut or how much to project uh, lower on revenue because of what we're doing, we don't know how long it's going to last. So everybody's like, well, we went through the recession before, but I to me it's uncharted territory it is yeah. and so my part of my job is try to figure out that uncharted territory for my counties so fines and fees are a big a big part of that and just because uh, i hope people they're listening they have a fine and fee they need to pay just because things have quieted down or people think things have shut down you still have to pay your fines and fees you do those are still an obligation just like any other bill that you have it is an obligation and it's your responsibility um, to, to continue to pay those fines and fees. Uh, it's also each individual's responsibility to call and check on their court date or try to get something re- rescheduled if they don't have an attorney that's working on their behalf. Um, so I encourage people to look at it just like they have their mortgage or their electric bill or anything else, that it is an obligation and it is a responsibility. One of the th- So there's several things that can happen if you don't pay your fines and fees, but one of the big things is suspension of driver's license. And I, I at one time, they had stopped suspending license. That's right. The Department of Safety um, at one time halted the suspension of driver's license for failure to pay your court fines or fees. That actually came back, and the Department of Safety has started, opened that back up to where uh, if, if you have unpaid court fines or fees, um, now again, there's some criteria there, but if you have some unpaid unpaid fines or fees, the Department of Safety can suspend your driver's license if you fail to pay those things. Um, So as the circuit court clerk's office, we then report to the Department of Safety as to whether those fines and fees have been paid or not. Um, And then it's up to the Department of Safety to determine whether they're going to suspend it or not. So that's still an option. Your license could still get suspended. It Um, is. Um, Now, as a circuit court clerk, there's a few things that I can do. So certain things that I don't have any control over as far as whether they're being suspended or not. I don't have any control over that. That comes through the Department of Safety. But what I can do, we are charged with the responsibility of collecting those fines and fees. And so we're offering, we will set up payment plans, try to help folks out in the best way that we can. Um, we're not currently having what's called a pay docket, um, but we can set up payment agreements. So it's basically an agreement that you're willing to pay so much a month towards your court fines and fees. Um, and, and so I, there's a few things that I can do to try to help folks in that situation. And we are granting a little bit of grace now that maybe we you wouldn't be able to afford in uh, before because we are in this position where um, we understand people are being 
impacted financially. Sure. So, uh, you know, we may be able to afford some some grace there that we couldn't before. Well, and I'll say this about revenue, and we can move on. But you had mentioned, of course, the tornado was is going to impact us as well. But uh, our property assessor, Steve Pierce, is going to be a guest of mine here in the next couple of weeks, and we we're going to I'm going to talk to him about that impact, uh, the impact the ratios from the state cause on us. So, you know, we're we as officials in Putnam County are closely monitoring everything that goes on with revenue and expenses and. Uh, that's part of what we do. And as a commissioner and budget committee chairman, that's what part of what I do with Mary Porter and all the other officials. So mm-hmm. Steve will be on. We'll talk about some of that stuff, too. But it's just been I mean, have you ever seen anything like this? I mean, it's just, you know, you're not you're we're close to the same age. So <laughs> I, I don't I, I'm me, a little older, a little older, <laughs> not much. But have you have you had to and like because before, you know, you've with the Child Advocacy Center and you've had, a, you know, you started that and had a lot. Has anything ever impacted the way you do things in your professional career like this has? Um, no, not this is absolutely not like anything else that I've ever seen again. And, um, you know, I'm like you. I have been a part of, I've seen recession. I've seen how those things impacted. We saw, uh, you know, the housing crisis, things of that nature. Nothing quite like this. And I think it's really going to be difficult for people to make decisions and plan for the future when you don't you can't really predict how long this is going to go on you can't really predict how it's going to impact just just the true impact of what it's going to have on each individual agency um and and so no i I don't i really don't know where we're going to go from here i think for me as a leader um i'm fairly not fairly conservative i'm very conservative Mm -hmm. in in financially personally all those things but i think for me uh I will go ahead and prepare um, if I were to have to take some some decreases or um, in my budget. And where would that money come from? Where would I decrease my budget and how would I do that? So I'm already preparing and thinking through um, how to do that. Yeah, and I think the most officials in Putnam County have already started thinking about that. And, and it's not been reluctantly either. They've, the ones I've talked to said, well, we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. We'll find a way to get through this. And that's what makes Putnam County so good and, and so strong with uh, the way we do things and provide services and operate so we'll get through it but it's just it just i think about it and just think about everything that's changed it's just uh blows my mind one of the things that this COVID 19 has forced us uh, everybody to do is really use video conferencing a lot yes and, and so i every day um i'm having one or two zoom meetings through work or through officials that want to just some reason see my face instead of talk to me on the phone which that blows my mind um you the court system has been video conferencing for really a while but now you're using it more they have been it's very limited okay so they may have been using it in some of your larger areas i'm not really sure about that but it's not something we've done here in this district very often um with this new supreme court ruling um some of the orders that they've given they've sort of expanded on uh, the way we can can and cannot use video conferencing. Um, and again, I want to just reinforce the fact that we have a really great group of elected officials, including our judges, um, all the people that work inside the court, public defender, um, and then also the district attorney's office, those, the sheriff, they're all working together mm-hmm. to try to develop a plan. And this video conferencing was something everybody jumps on board and says, yeah, absolutely. What can we do? How do we make this better? Because we all understand the impact if by not moving cases forward, by not doing this, how this is going to really hurt us in, in the end. So um, 
we're taking that video conferencing and using that for bond hearings. So like if there's uh, a defendant's in custody and he or she's looking to have some sort of bond reduction because according to state law, everybody's bailable by it in some degree. If they can't make that and they're asking for a bond reduction, then they have the right to go in front of the judge and take that there. So we're using video conferencing to help with that. Um, we're also using video conferencing in the arraignment process, right, which is that reading out of the initial charges and accepting those initial charges. All that, that is um, something that we're able to use that video arraignment. My office in particularly has taken that video conferencing a little bit step further. So they're using this in other areas. Um, but we're looking at it using writing warrants. So as a circuit court clerk, we have judicial commissioners inside of our office who are charged with that responsibility of writing the warrant. And what that means is if an officer or someone is making an arrest, they take the affidavit, that statement of how this person, that that officer feels that they've violated the law in some way, that judicial commissioner then evaluates that and says, is there enough probable cause or is there enough to say that, yes, they did violate this order or the law or not? Um, and then they're going to set bond. And normally we would do that in a couple of different ways. We would talk to the officer who's the affiant, right, the person who's saying that they violated the law. We're going to get uh, their side of the story is, again, just initial facts to determine is there enough to say that they, that a violation of the law occurred. Then the judicial commissioner would actually talk to the defendant as well to determine is this person someone who's local are they somebody who has a history with the judicial system? Um, they're trying to ascertain what the likelihood of them coming and showing up for court so that they can set bail or bond. Gotcha. And so now what we've, in the past, you would have had to have close personal contact with a lot of different people. And so we've, we've decided we're going to, we're doing that uh, writing warrants. We're starting this. We're going to be doing that through the use of video conferencing. And it's taken a little bit of adjustment for sure. all the agencies that are involved in doing that. Putnam County um, Sheriff's Department, the jail, um, the judges, the, the the attorneys are involved. But but I think it's going to work, and we, we've laid out a plan. We're getting ready to launch that pretty soon. It's a team effort, and everybody's working as a team. And I, I appreciate, as a citizen and a commissioner, y'all being proactive in that matter and trying to do as much as you can so you're not as far behind. You're listening to Trending. Uh, I, got, I have one segment left with Jennifer Wilkerson, the Putnam County Circuit Court Clerk, when we return. Welcome back to Trending. This has been Rogers, your host. Last segment with my guest, Jennifer Wilkerson. She's been wonderful to share some information with us today about her office, the Circuit Court Clerk's office, and how it's functioning through the COVID-19 pandemic. One of the things we, we talked about, and I said I was going to drop it, but now that we, we talk further about revenue and, and the way budgets work, one more thing I want to mention, and it's really it's part of your responsibility, Circuit Court Clerk, because and a lot of people don't think about this, but as Circuit Court Clerk, you're collecting fines and fees on a daily basis, but not all fines and fees are paid. Right. We know there's probably that's going to increase through this. There, but before this, there have been outstanding fines and fees, and we're talking about multiple, multi millions of outstanding fines and fees that have not been paid over years. Right, right. So we part of your job is try to still collect those delinquent, uh, outstanding fines and fees that have not been paid. I know since in my job and as a commissioner, you and I've talked about it in the last two years really since you've been in um that you're doing what you can to collect you've taken a proactive approach to try to collect those outstanding fines and fees 
what are you how are you handling that as far as you see this amount all right how much can we get can we need to start getting some of this because it really it helps our budget it helps operations so right. what have you been able to do well it's a difficult question because when i came into office um you know you're you're working there's so many different things you're trying to figure out what works for you develop a plan that kind of thing and evaluating really the landscape where you are how much money's out there um and so it when I took a look at it, I think I called you and we talked about this a little bit, um, but there's $87 million in uncollected debt um, for the Putnam County justice system. So now I want to preface by saying that $87 million is just in criminal fines and fees. It doesn't include any of those civil judgments or lawsuits or anything like that. That's all completely separate. Um, so out of that $87 million, that means there's $87 million in fines and fees that have been assessed in criminal cases and so all that would be due now not all of that will come back to putnam county but a huge but a, but a portion of that does and so again it's important it's a big role of what the clerk's office does uh, like it or not i guess uh, when i ran for the office for the job i it seemed to make sense to me this is what i do this is being in the court system i don't think i realized just how much of that job was actually i'm a debt collector in some way and 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 it's not necessarily a nice hat to wear but it's it's the truth i mean we are debt collectors uh and so i had to take this approach and say how do we be proactive how do we cut that number down um you know this is going to impact putnam county it is revenue for the county and in order for me to do my job i got to look at that and see how do we collect that money and so there are options you can and you have taken it upon yourself and your staff to try to collect that or you could use a third party to to collect that and in the history of that i've seen um where circle clerks have done that it, it works out for about a year mm-hmm. the third party does a good job for about a year uh they're obviously getting a portion of those collections a percentage i should say and then after a year, it kind of falls off on their efforts. They kind of like, hey, we're, you know, we, we've done this, what we can do. We're just moving on. You're going to proactively continue to do that. And let's be honest. When you called me and said there was $87 million, I, I had to ask you again, what did you say? And then you said $87 million, and I think I almost ran off the road. But anyway, it's a lot of money. It is. Uh, but your office is proactively trying to recapture some of that. And anything that you recapture is going to help the citizens of Putnam County mm-hmm. because that's less tax dollars we're having to use for services. Exactly. And essentially, uh, you know, when you look at your job and you think, wow, I'm a debt collector, I don't really like that. But I also have to look at the other toll of what it's going to take, how that's going to not collecting that money, how that impacts the citizens here in Putnam County. And we certainly want to do everything we can to keep those taxes from having to be raised in order to to meet the need. Um so you asked me early on, how are we doing that? How are we moving forward? And we're going to, we laid out a plan. We're going to uh, do several different things. One, we first started looking at trying to locate people. Where are these people at? Um, are they in this county? Or are they in other counties? Locate them. Some of that, we've already started working out payment agreements, um, starting to get generate that funds. Sometimes it's just a matter of somebody did not realize they moved, they went, life mo- you know, happened, mm-hmm. got in the way, they sure. forgot. Sure. Um, some of it's tickets and things like that, a speeding ticket or something of that nature, it could be. Um, and so we're working out payment agreements. We're doing some of that. We're, some of that we're handling in-house. But we're also evaluating and seeing um, in some situations, I think we'll probably have to use an outside source, uh, a debt uh, collection agency in order to help us recap those funds. But there was actually some statute that was passed not too long ago 
that to help circuit court clerks in this situation where they can work out agreements and take a percentage of what's owed. So, um, you know, again, we may even look at that. If they're making one-time lump sum payments, we may uh, try to work on that amount with them. That's good. I mean, you're working with people. I mean, you're trying to get people to pay their outstanding fines and fees, but it's just not like we want this total amount now. You're working with people. Because like I said, anything they they can pay will help us. Well, and I think the end goal is to to, to collect the money, right? Mm-hmm. It's not to um, put a hardship on people. It's not to, to do that. At the end of the day, I hope and, and pray that we don't have that the Department of Safety doesn't suspend their license because that again just creates another hardship. If they don't have a license and they're not able to drive, then they're not going to be able to go to work and generate the income for their family or the income to pay their responsibilities and obligations. That's true. That's true. I want to kind of turn back to way COVID-19 has affected the operations of county government throughout the state. And, and as I mentioned earlier, some counties have shut down. Right. Um, so people say, well, what about the employees? Well, last week, just because I like to inform people that are listening, <clears throat> the uh, federal government issued the Families First Coronavirus Response Act, FFCRA. Um, and it requires certain employers, and this is private and public, uh, to provide their employees with paid sick leave and expanded family medical leave for specified reasons related to COVID-19. Uh, this actually took effect last week, April 1st. Uh, there are like, there's six qualifying reasons that, that somebody uh, can take leave related to COVID-19. Uh, a local quarantine, if it's issued by federal, state, or local, um, or quarantine that's issued by one of those. A uh, health care provider, uh, if an employee has been advised by a health care provider to self-quarantine, if an employee is experiencing symptoms right, uh, from COVID-19 and seeking a medical diagnosis, if uh, an employee is caring for an individual subject to an order described in those previous two or one and two that I mentioned, uh, the fifth one is if an employee is caring for his or her child whose school is place of care is closed, which all schools are closed. Right. So that would apply to a lot of people. And the last one is if an employee is experiencing any st- substantially similar condition specified by U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. So basically what it does is it um, up to two weeks uh, of paid sick leave based on the hire of their regular rate of pay or applicable state or federal minimum wage. So these employees are – Getting paid right. in some manner through this. So, and but there are employees using sick leave that, that opted to use sick leave to stay home, to stay safe, to stay away from the public, and that's fine too. But um, there are ways. Hopefully, there's not as many people being hardship by this as we originally thought through stuff like this. The federal government's doing. So that's right. Um, I want to. I got a couple announcements, Jennifer. You've been wonderful today. I, there's a couple things I wanted to announce, to so to let people know what's going on in Putnam County as far as the Tornado Relief Committee. I'm on that committee. We met last week, actually through Zoom. Uh, we utilized Zoom, and it was a good meeting. But the Emergency Operations Center released a text message on Tuesday, uh, which is April 7th, this past Tuesday. And the the messages read this. So if you, you're a survivor affected by the tornado and you're a survivor and you did not get these messages or you're not aware, the Tornado Relief Committee has drafted a needs assessment survey as the first step to distributing tornado relief funds for survivors of the March 3rd tornado. There is a link, uh, and this assessment is at this link, and it's uh, uh, arcg.is slash ey1uv, again, that's A-R-C-G dot I-S slash E-Y-1-U-V. You can go to that link or 
uh, you can actually go to PutnamCountyTennessee.gov slash uh, four slash survivors. Uh, only one member of each household affected needs to complete the form. Funds will be distributed according to procedures set forth by the Tornado Relief Committee. The application deadline is April 21st. That's two weeks for survivors to fill out this assessment. You'll receive a text verification once you once you complete needs assessment and it's been received. So that comes from the Putnam County Emergency Operations uh, on Tuesday, April 7th. So all the survivors out there, if you're still um, trying to figure out with, with financial situations what relief is there, this fund has been set up. It's been such a blessing. All these people, Jennifer, you, you've been one of them to help them volunteer uh, after everything happened. So many people's volunteers, so many people's donated this fund. And if you're listening and you still want to donate, it's the Putnam County Tornado Relief Fund or Putnam County Coolville Tornado Relief Fund. It's coming through the county and the city. There's a way to distribute the fund. So just want to get that tidbit information. Thank you for being here. You're welcome. It's we'll, my pleasure. We'll have you back, hopefully, when everything's settled down and, and talk about some things going on and, and operations. Uh, thank you for what you do and your service. This has been Trending, and Ben Rogers is your host, and my guest today has been Jeffrey Wilkerson, the Putnam County Circuit Court Clerk. Uh, hopefully we'll see you next week with a brand-new guest, and I hope you have a great weekend.